Well, thanks for coming, folks. Good to see you. Um, what I'm going to do was is do a, a. I've been following my Bible college notes the last few weeks. Okay, so what you're getting is right now it's module one of um, my biblical economics course at Victory Bible College, mm-hmm. and I'm not following the notes exactly. I'm just, well, I'm reading along them, but I'm I'm adding stuff, so it's not as short or condensed as my lectures would be. So what I want to do is continue what we're looking at last week, which is the tithe, and then we'll have some breakfast, um, and then I'll just do a short message, which really is an encouragement, Uh more like a sort of preach, if you like, on the subject of kingdom wealth, because it's so important. So we were looking at the tithe last week and dismantling some of the stuff that people believe, which is just tradition, and a lot of it comes from the need for preachers to finance their ministries, okay? And that's a, that's a valid need, it's a, and, and Scripture covers that. But a lot of people in the body of Christ, a lot of preachers have gone beyond preaching what the Bible says and really doing stuff that will empty your pockets, okay? And, and I have to be honest and say, some of the preachers that preach that way, they're not doing it for that purpose, but they're doing it because they've been trained or conditioned. Oh, you need to teach tithing. You know, I know preachers that say, if you don't tithe, they don't want anything to do with you. Now, you know, that stuff like that has damaged the body, okay? And like I said, uh, this is a ministry that I have online and uh, it's been part of my ministry for a long time. So I get people from all over the world and a lot of them are really desperate, in desperate financial straits. Christians who tithe faithfully and give, you know, sacrificially, but they're not prospering. So there's something wrong with what we're teaching. And what we're teaching wrong is what the tithe actually is. Like I said, if you preach a biblical tithe, you need to be a farmer. Because the biblical tithe was only ever agricultural or livestock. Um, and there was no monetary tithe in ancient Israel unless you wanted to convert your crops or your cattle tithe into money. And the Bible says if you do that, you need to add 20% on. So we've looked at all that. And, you know, we could get into all this, we could actually preach this for months. Um, but as I said, you know, and I, I preach this part of it really in one night in the Bible college because the folks get the notes now. I'm not getting notes to give you here. Uh, so I'm just trying to cover it as comprehensively as I can. But let's tackle a couple of things. In fact, let's just look at that because we said the tithe is people think the tithe is 10%, but as we saw, there were three tithes, and they come to approximately 23%. So, you know, if I said to you today, well, I'm, we believe in tithing in this church, so you must tithe, you're giving give a quarter of your income, okay? So, that's, but that's under the law, so we're not, we're not talking about that. But let's also look at something else that people say, well, when you tithe, you open the windows of heaven from Malachi, okay? Um, And so let's read the scripture involved. It's Malachi chapter 3, verses 8 to 12. Malachi 3, verses 8 to 12. We'll just read it. Will a man rob God, yet you've robbed me? So you hear preachers, you're robbing God if you don't tithe, okay? Uh, You you God robber you. You hear stuff like that. But you say, in what way have we robbed you in tithes and offerings? You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. 
Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it and I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. So what we say here is, you've robbed God, you've not been tithing, and so if, if you tithe, the windows of heaven will be opened and the devourer will be rebuked. Now we all want that, don't we? So I'm signing up for tithing. And then it says, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. So you say, well, so preachers will say to you, prosperity preachers in particular, well, if you tithe, uh, you know, the 90% will go further, all that stuff that you hear. It's canned stuff, okay? And so I, my question to them would be, well, what about all the people who tithe meticulously, faithfully, that the devourer doesn't seem to be getting rebuked. They're getting their cars repossessed. They're sinking under debt. They've got sheriff officers at the door. Their houses are, you know, their mortgage. But they're tithers, okay? So first of all, we need to say, we need to understand, well, who's the Lord speaking to you? And if you actually go and study out the book of Malachi, you'll see here, he's not speaking to Joe Public. He's speaking to the priests. Technically speaking, the storehouse, it says you bring all the tithes into the storehouse. The storehouse wasn't your local church. That's what you get told. Well, the storehouse is your local church. Yeah? Listen, I'm not saying I don't believe in tithing. I don't believe in legalistic tithing. So all this stuff about the storehouse, oh, that's your local church, where you get fed, all that stuff, right? That's not what the biblical storehouse was. Okay? The storehouse was for the 1% of the produce tithe. So what actually happened was, was that as the Levites received the, the tithe, they would tithe to the storehouse at the temple. So God's dealing with the priests here, and he's saying you're not paying the tithe of a tithe. That's what's meant here. That's what's referenced here. Got, you can study it out if you read good commentaries or go, or go online. This is the tenth of a tenth, not the tenth that you paid as a tither. Okay, so this what he's saying is, is that the Levites were not paying the temple Levites, the temple priesthood, they weren't paying their tithe into the storehouse. Okay, that's what's meant here. However, some scholars believe that the gathering of the tithe of the tithe by the Levites throughout the land had retracted by the time of Malachi's prophecy to make the temple in Jerusalem a storehouse of all tithes. So what he's saying here is, is that there was always a tenth kept back in the storehouse, but uh, the storehouse, a lot of scholars believe here that he's talking about is in Jerusalem. So what he's saying is you're not sending your, your tithe of a tithe to Jerusalem, to the temple, okay? If you go and study the laws of tithing, the Levites would be tithed too, but they would keep a tithe and give to in the storehouse. Does that make sense? That's what he's talking about. He's not talking about your tithe. He's talking to people who had the dealings of the tithe of a tithe. If you go and read Malachi, you see he's writing it to the priests. Now, I'm not saying that there's not stuff in Malachi that's pertinent or relevant to us. I'm simply saying 
when he's talking about this, that's what he's talking about. So if people say, oh, context is different. Yes. Now, the principle of the tithe is that, you know, I, I don't believe that we should legalistically tithe because we're under the new covenant anyway. But tithing then, you say, well, it's no longer a law, but it is a principle. Now, do I think that the Lord's sitting up there with a team of angels bookkeeping saying they're not giving 10% the Lord? I don't think. Do you think God's like that? I don't think he is. Okay? But I think that we can have a relationship with God financially that we say to him, Lord, I want to give you everything. If there's an amount that you want me to give on a regular basis, a percentage, show me that percentage. And prosper me so that I can do it. You know, you hear a lot of guys doing deals with God. That they'll say, well, I'll start off tithe, I'll give 10%. Then, Lord, I want to give you 20%. You know, you, get, you hear about these guys that are giving 90% of their income to the Lord and living off the 10th. That's great. Because it's all how they're led. But to, for a preacher or anybody to say to you, eh, let me see your, uh, your uh, wage and let me, let, let me see your bank statements. Because that's how it's taught to us, isn't it? So that you, can, you could be sitting there going, what if I'm 5p short? Then that means I've no tithe. But does the Lord understand? Well, some preachers say, no, I told you, but a guy, I love this guy. He's a brilliant preacher. And just this week I recommended him uh, one of the best messages I've ever heard in my life. But this guy thinks this way. And he, he tells his congregation, don't believe for something really expensive. He says, because you'll need to tithe on it. So if somebody gave you a watch, a £3,000 watch, where's your £300? If you don't have £300, you're not a tither. And this man, but see, he's been taught that. So he teaches it. He's faithful to what he's been taught, but, if, but I believe he's been taught wrong. Because, like I said, if I give you this marker pen, well, these guys believe it's a tithe and all your increase, so anything you get. And that's when the Pharisees said about mint. You know, if, if you've got a wee mint plant in your house on your windowsill, and it grows, you're due God the tenth. And Jesus didn't say, you guys are nuts. He said, they're right. He says, but there are weightier matters. What he's saying is, you can get so legalistic minded about tithing. Bear in mind that Jesus was still, they were still under the law at that point. So anyway, in addition to tithes, the Levites were supplied by various offerings. There was a first fruit offering, there was a wave offering, there was a heave offering, so it wasn't just tithes. So in addition to the 23% tithe, there were offerings. Now I don't know what you'd end up giving in ancient Israel. It's probably something like 40 to 50% of your income. How would you like if I says church membership here, you have to have a minimum 45% of your income? You know, we're, we're not going to do that. But you know there are some people that give way, way higher than that to the work of the Lord. But, you know, we're not saying, well, this person over here gives 70%, you're only giving 12 Or you're only giving 3%. Oh, you, you know. That's, that's not the spirit of a church, is it? A New Testament gathering of believers. You give cheerfully. You give what's, what, what you purpose to give in your heart. Now, I don't know about you. Have you been to churches where the Lord has basically led you to give nothing? Because you don't know why. Or you feel, you know, or, or, or you'll get, I'll give £10, the Lord said, no, I'll just give a fiver. Or you'll give, I'll give £10, no, the Lord said, no, I'll give, give £20. 
It's as, it's as you're led. But really it's as you purpose in your heart, the Bible says. So I t- I've seen times you go into meetings, I've purposed in my heart what I was going to give. And the Lord didn't come to me and say, hey, that's, that's too little, or he just, oh, that's what you've purposed. Because that's Bible. Now I remember going to a place, I'll t- I'll, 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 I'm not going to hide where it was. Okay? I don't often tell where it was, but, I, but sometimes I do. Destiny. I used to go to Destiny. And when I went to Destiny, uh, that particular period in my life, I didn't really have a lot of money. Okay? So, I didn't have a lot to give. And I'll never forget uh, the day I sat in Destiny, Sunday morning, and I had like £1.38, I think it was, in my pocket. That's all I had. Um, I don't even know if I had much beyond that. Uh, my bank account or whatever. But that's all I had to give that morning. And I, I just said, Lord, I'm believing for a thousandfold return. Because I need money. But I'm believing. As I, so you, I didn't just chuck it in the bucket. I believed. And I said, I seed this, I give this, and I believe him for it. Now, listen, if I could do this at every meeting, I'd be putting hundreds of pounds in the offering. But that, I just the faith was there. I said, I believe him for a thousand-fold return. And I put one pound, 38, I think it was, in the collection. And I felt guilty. I thought, there's people there just wadding, you know, throwing wads in. But that's all I had on me. And I don't think I had much beyond that, truthfully. That night... There's a chap at my door and somebody handed me a thousand pound cash. I opened the door, thousand pound cash. The other 380 pound came in within three or four days. So I had a thousand fold return on that in much less than a week, about three or four days. Now, as I said, if I could do that, and I would, I would actually say 10,000 fold return, Lord. I'm believing for 10,000 fold. Here's 100 pound. Where's my 100 grand? Now, maybe people operate at that level. Some do. But you, we're not trying to manipulate God. It's not a case of, well, I'll put in, you know, it's, God is not a slot machine. And we, and we shouldn't treat him like that. But folks... What I'm trying to say to you is, is that when you, when you go by your leading, or when you go, sometime, if you get enough faith. So I'd love to have thousandfold return faith for every offering that I've put in. But you know, in a sense you do, because if you keep faithful to these principles, then, then you, you, know, you, you, you will end up having a thousandfold return for every penny you've given the Lord. Uh, but you've got to walk in it. It's not just, oh, well, you know, oh, wow, look at me. But I'm, I'm going to go off and you know, spend the, the, the £1,380 in the pub. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to walk in this. So anyway, the tithes and offering system was effectively a national taxation system. This wasn't for church. The Levites weren't church. They were the worship folks. They, they would deal with synagogue, temple, all that. But they were also civil servants. They would settle disputes. They would do stuff. So it effectively, it was a national taxation system. And I want to show you this. Um, it paid for the upkeep of the civil service and looked after the poor and marginalised sections of the community. It also paid for those who officiated the spiritual worship. So it's almost a bit like if you said, I'm going to pay, pay, pay into the bag, pay into the box. Um, and out of that money, my roads... 
My, my potholes will get filled. But my pastor will get paid. That, it covered all that. Because that was the system. Now we don't have that system now. And here's partly why. If you read 1 Samuel chapter 8. You'll see that once settled in the land. And after a period of rule by God appointed judges. The people of Israel wanted a king. Remember? You know they were ruled by judges. Deborah, Samson, Gideon, all that. But then they said, no, look, all the other nations have got kings. We want a king. We, are, we feel the oddballs. Because all our judges are all, you know, that's a holy thing. They're all preachers. They're all, you know, we want a king like all the other nations. And here's what prof, the prophet Samuel told them. Uh, and it says, 1 Samuel chapter, if you want to take a note, 1 Samuel chapter 8, verses 10 to 18. It said, so Samuel told all the words of the Lord to the people who asked him for a king. And he said, this will be the behavior of the king who will reign over you. This is how the king is going to treat you. He will take your sons and appoint them for his own chariots and to be his horsemen and some will run before his chariots. In other words, he'll enlist your children in the army. Your sons will be going off to war. Okay, because kings make wars. People don't make wars. The people of Ukraine didn't make war with Putin. And quite frankly, um, the, the people of Russia are not at war with the people of Ukraine. Because it's, it's leaders, rulers, kings, presidents that make war. Sometimes those wars are justified. Yeah. And a lot of times they're not. So he says he will appoint captains over his thousands and captains over his fifties. Will set some to plough his ground and reap his harvest. And some to make his weapons of war and equipment for his chariots. So the king's going to have to have... Uh, this big superstructure or this big, he's going to have to have uh, all these things to keep him going. He will take your daughters to be perfumers, cooks and bakers. He will take the best of your fields, your vineyards, your olive groves and give them to his servants. He will take, and here's the thing, all this is going to cost money. All this is going to cost you if you have a king because he's going to have to take it from something, he's going to take it from you. So it says, he will take a tenth of your grain and your vintage and give it to his officers and servants. He will take your male servants, your female servants, your finest young men and your donkeys and put them to his work. He will take a tenth of your sheep. You will be his servants and you will cry out in that day because of your kingdom you've chosen for yourselves and the Lord will not hear you in that day. What he's saying is the king's going to tax you as well. Now, if you actually add the tithe and... and what we pay, if you like, the, the, the government. I mean, what, what we end up paying, if, if you've got a good salary or a prosperous business, I don't know what the tax is, is it 40% or something? And that's just to the government, and that's on top of your tithe. So in other words, to be a, a faithful tithe-paying Christian and also to be a, a, you know, a tax-paying citizen, you're going to end up shelling out half of the money you bring in, easy. The striking thing about what Samuel said is that being ruled by kings instead of judges. Because under the judge system they only pay the tithe. But under the kings they're going to pay tax on top of that. So being ruled by kings instead of judges imposed another oppressive layer of taxation upon the people. This was in addition to the existing tithing system. So they still had to pay their tithes to the Levites but they were going to have to pay a king. And, um, you know, so they were tithing to the king as well. 
this issue of state tax, that, that's only 10%. He talks about here, but of course, tax goes up a lot of the time. This issue of state taxation supplementary to the tithing programme instead of, it actually helped split Israel into two and this had repercussions on world history that can still be felt today. In other words, what happened, we're going to look at, we'll, we'll look at this next week. We'll, we'll draw a line under this here and we'll, we'll sort of kind of finish off in a sense or might take us another couple of weeks to look at this. But just, just to, we'll look at it in depth. But what actually happened was, was that when Solomon um, came into the, the kingdom and the kingdom was split. And the reason it was split was because of taxation. In other words, the, the king wanted to tax them more. We'll look at that, we'll look at the actual scriptural story next week. But the king wanted to tax them more than they were being taxed. And it, it kicked it all off. Israel split into two. And to be honest, that has influenced geopolitics to this day. Because when Israel split into two, first of all, the northern kingdom of Israel was taken into captivity by the Assyrians. And then a, a, a while later, the southern kingdom of Judah was taken into captivity by the Babylonians. And it all happened. It all split up and it all kicked off over tax or over... You, you could say increase on the tithe. Over money. Over money. That's it in a nutshell. That's what kicked it all off. So when we look at tithing, when we look at giving and offering, we look at it through church lens, which is great, but the origins of tithing were not always about, if you like, a church setting or a worship setting. The original tithe paid in Israel was far more than 10%, but it was also... Um, the way that they get taxed but then of course because they wanted a king and they ended up paying a lot more and it's the same today our income tax and you've got council tax and you've got all kinds of tax inheritance tax capital gains tax we're taxed you know to, up to our eyeballs and it all began when we rejected God's system of government so when we deal about kingdom wealth it, the roots of all this go a lot deeper um, than just, oh well, tithe, oh yeah, bring it all, God will open the windows of heaven. Folks, the windows of heaven, I'll, I'll finish here and say this, the windows of heaven were opened when Jesus hung on the cross. Amen. Amen. And it tells us, and, and we'll look at this actually in our next lesson, uh, not our le next lesson, our, our message after breakfast. So thanks for listening to that, folks. The Lord bless you.